Good morning, friends, <clears throat> members, and visitors. My name is Kent Wilcox, and I am not a paid religious professional. So today, we'll finish up the book of Colossians. If only my friend Kurt Carlson were here to see this. Alas, he's taking a day off, and I get to bat this thing home, so that's pretty cool. So if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, let me just remind you quickly where we've been. We started off, uh, if you have an English Bible, you can take a look. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, uh, the main verb there in this long passage is clothe yourselves. That's put on new clothes. And he talks about how the Christian man and Christian woman is in process of being transformed. Then he goes along and he talks about personal transformation, learning new habits, replacing vices with virtues. Last week, then, we saw how Paul taught the Colossians how this works out in relationships. And so he summarized how Christian people interact with each other, husbands, wives, fathers and children, masters and slaves. Um, We learned last week, it's in chapter 3, verse 11, that in the sphere of salvation, this place that we are in before God when we're made righteous, all Christians are equal. But some of us, while we're living out our lives on earth, have got different jobs and different roles to play. So today, Paul is going to close his letter to the Colossians with some advice on how to relate to the unbelieving world and the pagan people around them. Let's see if we can figure out anything that we can apply to us, do you think? And the real focus of this passage is on prayer. So that's why I said that this passage here, as we close the book of Colossians, is the place of prayer in the act of transformation. As you walk through life, Our goal is to become more like Jesus Christ. How does prayer help that out? I'm going to teach you that today. We're going to see how Paul gives some examples of how Christians pray. He'll give examples of Christian prayers, people in his life who are praying. And so here's the point. A transforming person is a praying person. All right? A person in process of transformation is someone who is praying. You can flip that backwards. I'll tell you that if you're a Christian who is engaged in praying, you are in the process of being transformed. Prayer is a part of becoming the person God wants you to be in the image of Christ. But before I dive in and read the passage, let me just ask you and then I'll tell you. What is prayer? Prayer is simply this. If you didn't know this, you can write this down. It's the act and the process of talking to God and listening to what he says. There you go. Nothing magical or mystical. It works. Talk to God. Be quiet. Listen to what he says. I have a real trouble with the be quiet part. I'll tell you more about that later. Let's look at what Paul says about prayer and how it works. I spent some time translating this from the Greek text. I'll read it to you. You can follow along in your English Bibles. See how close I got it. Starting in verse 2. Paul says to the Colossians, Be devoted to prayer being alert in it, in thanksgiving, praying at the same time also concerning us, in order that God should open to us a door of the word to speak the mystery of Christ, on account of which also I have been bound, so that I may make it plain to speak as I ought to. Live in wisdom towards those outside, making the most of the time. Let your every word be graceful, having been seasoned with salt, knowing how you ought to answer everyone. 
Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow slave in the Lord, will make known to you the things about me, whom I sent to you for this very thing, so that you may know the things concerning us and that your heart may be encouraged, along with Onesimus, the faithful and beloved brother, who is from you. They will make known to you all the things here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, send greetings to you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instruction. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, the one called Justice. These are the only fellow workers of the kingdom of God from the circumcision who have become a comfort to me. That means they were Jewish believers. Epaphras, who is one of you, sends greetings. He is a servant of Christ, always wrestling concerning you in his prayers, so that you might remain complete and having been filled in all things with the will of God. For I myself am a witness that he has much labor concerning you and those in Laodicea and those in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, sends greetings. And also Demas, you greet the brothers in Laodicea and Nympha and those gathered in her house. And whenever this letter should be read, In your presence, make sure that also it should be read in the church in Laodicea. And the letter from Laodicea you should also read. And tell Archippus, see to it that you yourself fill the office which you received. This written greeting is in my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So this is kind of a funny passage, and I know what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking, okay, Archippus, Onesimus, yada, yada, yada. Funny guys with funny names. What do I care? By the time we're done, I'll show you what we can learn from these guys. Even though there's not much written about them, we can figure it out. Don't tune out. First of all, in this little passage, there are four commands. There are four imperative verbs, and I listed them for you. The first one is, be devoted to prayer. That word, be devoted, is used in classic and pagan Greek literature, referring to going to a temple of whatever god you worship and doing a devotion of some kind, offering a sacrifice or, or whatever. So Paul plucks this word from classic literature and he says, okay, you guys used to be pagans, you used to go to the temple and do this thing. Now that you're Christians, your devotion, an act of devotion you do, is to pray to the one true God, the one I told you about, Jesus Christ, who is above all and in all. So there's devotion. Verse 5 is kind of funny. This, this verb means go about, okay? Go about in wisdom. It's not a verb like run and win the race. It's not a verb like go in the battle. It means walk around. Walk around in wisdom. It's a figure of speech talking about life. As we live life, we walk around, we go places, we do stuff. Walk around in wisdom. There's a command. The command to Archippus. You might think this is reading somebody else's mail, but no. I'll explain that later. Archippus. See to it, you fulfill your commission. And finally, the last command, verse 18. Remember my chains. That's how Paul ends the letter. He fills out these four commands by writing about a few people who have ministered to him and by giving the Colossians some instruction on prayer. So there you go. 
So I put some summary stuff in your bulletin. I'll go through it. Basic training in prayer. There's a lot that could be said about prayer. I won't do that today. I'll just summarize what Paul wrote. The Covenant Church denomination is a denomination that is very serious about prayer. And occasionally, people in our church will sponsor prayer uh, courses, you know, courses in how to pray. And they're like two days or a day and a half, and there's a lot there. I won't talk to you for two days. I'll just talk to you briefly. There's a lot to say about this. Uh, First of all, here's a principle from this passage. Prayer is for all Christians. He addresses this to Joe and Jane Christian in Colossae and Herapolis and Laodicea. I guess for those guys it would be Gaius and Gaia Christian. Whatever. It is for everyone. He writes to the Colossians about people who are with him. They know some of these guys. They're praying. And you know the thing about prayer is that it's hidden work. Ever thought about that? When you're really praying hard, who sees you? No people. Only God. When you think about the disciplines of the faith, the four that come to the top are prayer, Bible reading, solitude, and meditation. Prayer is for every Christian. It's often not out in the open. Paul tells the Colossians that their friend Epaphras is working hard praying for them. They can't see that. They're far away. His prayer ministry is hidden until Paul reveals it. Let me ask you this. I asked the Sunday school teachers earlier, how many of you in your lives have had people praying for you? So I'll ask you, raise your hand if you've had people in your lives who've prayed for you. Yeah, duh, okay? I had a grandmother who prayed for me for years when I was a young, foolish arrogant pagan. Anyone have praying grandmothers or grandfathers? I had praying parents. Anyone have praying parents? How about praying siblings? Praying friends? All right? There were people in your lives, and you know now they were praying for you. But while they were praying, you probably didn't know. Their work was hidden. Only God sees that. And you know what else? Don't kid yourselves. Prayer is important. You might think it's more important to be up here playing an instrument, be up here talking, be back there running the sound booth. Really important, high-profile stuff, right? Prayer is not that big a deal. Yeah, well, that's not true at all. When you are engaged in prayer, you are doing something very, very important for people and something important in the kingdom of God. Prayer is for everyone. It's not obvious. You don't get a lot of points or credit for it. We need to do it anyway. The next point that Paul brings up is that sometimes prayer can be hard work. He uses the word devotion. I already explained that to you. Going to the temple and offering a sacrifice. In this case, prayer is offering up something that's valuable to the true God. And he says, be alert. The word actually means being wide awake. I experienced this yesterday, driving up nonstop, up I-5 from California, about 12 hours, with a meal break and a couple of potty stops. And towards the end, I was struggling to stay alert. Think back to previous days, or maybe you're still in school. You're up writing a paper. You're studying for a test. You'd really like to be in bed or out with friends. But you are struggling to stay alert and do this thing. Okay? Sometimes prayer is struggling to stay alert. And then Paul uses the word wrestling. 
Epaphras is described as a prayer wrestler, not WWF wrestling. That's one of my favorite shows. I love the drama, the classic Elizabethan drama of WWF. Don't you love it? There's got to be a moral here somewhere. You always know who's good and you always know who's bad, right? That's not like us at all. This word you get to see if you watch the Olympics, right? You know, this Greco-Roman wrestling. That's what this is. So if you look at guys who are doing this, if you didn't know about it, you might look at it and say, you know, what's up with that? That's no big deal. They're not running. They're not dribbling. They're not passing. They're not throwing. You know, what's the big deal with that? The reality is this kind of wrestling is hard, hard work. And if you know what you're looking at, you can see it. Two guys are locked, and they're grunting, and they're groaning, and they're creaking, and they're sweating. All right? They're putting it out. Paul describes Epaphras as a wrestler in prayer on behalf of the Colossians. So I asked the Sunday school teachers today. See, I get all my best stuff from them. This is great. I don't have to do any work. I just ask the Sunday school teachers. I said, what about these words? You know, alert, awake, wrestling, devoted. Why would you want to do that? Being a typical male, I don't like these words because I'm lazy. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to break a sweat for God. And the Sunday school teachers said, well, you know what? I like to pray. I like the work of focusing on God. Sometimes I'm distracted. I think about my, my spouse, my kids, my career, my responsibilities, my messy house or whatever. But as much as I can fight the distractions and stay focused on prayer and work it out, it's good. And of course, I had to ask, why? And this person said, because of the results. Because of the results. And they are amazing. I'll tell you about that in a moment. See, prayer is traditionally a spiritual discipline. We don't like the word discipline. When we hear discipline, we think about beating our kids. That's not what discipline is. That's training, teaching, coaching, and turning yourself into a new kind of person. Prayer is hard work. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. It's true. Take this from me as an encouragement, if you can, to strengthen your prayer muscles. And there are some things you can do. Maybe you can uh, get a prayer partner, someone who will hold you accountable to work at prayer. Maybe you need to find a place to pray where there's nothing going on. Turn off all your media. I mean your cell phone, your pager, your iPod, your text message, your computer, and your home theater. I know it's a radical notion. Just flip the circuit breaker. Turn it off. Find a place. Concentrate. Work at prayer. You'll be amazed at what can happen. Paul gives us a couple of results. I put them in the bulletin for you. You get wise, and you're able to say things to people, especially people outside the family of the faith in the pagan world, that are useful for them. If you ever ask yourself, what do I do to get wise? The answer is not go to wisdom school. The answer is spend some time talking to God. Listen to what he tells you. And very tasty speech. The Greek word means salted. <laughs> That's what it means. Just like a pretzel. No. More important than that. See, in the ancient world, they had no refrigerators. They couldn't preserve things like meat or fish by keeping them cool. They preserved them by packing them in salt. So if you offer a salty, wise word to someone, you're offering them something that is nourishing according to the need 
of the moment. Okay. Let me try to put an example to this, because I know this is sort of cerebral and weird. I had a chance to do this last week. I went to California to spend some time with our relatives. And there was an evening when my wife and I were talking with one of her brothers, who's in a tough spot. He's in a career transition. And it's very difficult. I've known this guy for 20-some years, never had much of a conversation with him. He's not much of a talker, right? I like to talk. He doesn't like to talk. He's quiet. For once, he unloaded. Man, he went off. And he told us everything he was dealing with, everything he was feeling, everything that was on his mind. So I was sitting there, and the selfish part of Kent Wilcox was saying, Oh, please, don't bother me with this. you got your problems. I've got mine. Just, just stop. The part of me that's being transformed said, Wait a minute. You're a Christian, or at least you say you are, and you're here to make a difference. I looked at the floor, and I prayed. I said, God, I don't know what is going on here. Father, please, through your Holy Spirit, will you tell me what to do? I'm listening, and I promise I'll do it. So when John was finished talking, I was able to offer him a couple of words of encouragement. And I, and I was able to say, dude, I don't know what to do, but whatever Sharon and I can do to help, we will. Please understand, this is not St. Kent of Hillsborough talking here. Just an average guy who, for once, shut his mouth and listened to what God told me. And I was able to do what Paul wrote here to the Colossians. Be wise with a surprisingly tasty morsel appropriate for the moment. If you stop and think about it, your interactions during the day with people who do not know Jesus Christ are a series of conversations and interactions. You don't need to have Bibles or tracts handy to beat them with. That is not good for the kingdom of God. Pray for wisdom and the right words at the right time. Give them a snack. Surprisingly tasty. But there's a little basic training on prayer. Sometimes it's hard work. The results are wisdom. And you become a supplier of salty snacks. Yeah. Nutritious salty snacks. Okay. So finally, there are these people in here, right? Paul, Tychicus, Epaphras, all that stuff. Let me just tell you a little bit about these guys, and then I'll close us off. Paul. In this passage, Paul asks for about eight different things from the Colossians. I'll just let you know what they are. In verse 3, he's asking them to pray that the door opens. And he asks them to pray that he can speak the mystery of Christ. Verse 4, he says, I want to speak plainly. Verse 8, he says, I really want you Colossians, to know how I'm doing. In verse 8, he says, I want you to be encouraged. In verse 12, he says, I want you to stand complete before God. And then in verse 16, he says, I want you to share my letters with other people. And in verse 17, he says, encourage Archippus to finish up the office that he took, whatever that is. We don't know. Think about what you see from Paul just based on what he asks for. He's not asking for freedom, health, money, a new job, a house, or anything. What he's asking for is, you know what, Colossians? I'm locked up. Remember my chains. I can't move. 
I can't go missionary the way I'd like to. You guys have to do it for me. So I'm going to ask you and me to think about what do we want? What do we really want deep in our hearts for other people? Health, happiness, money, new cars, sure, whatever, that's fine. Occasionally, think about what we ask other people for. Be encouraged. Be strong. Do the ministry. Reach out. Don't be selfish. Tychicus and Onesimus, who are these guys? We don't know. We do know this. Paul sent them to the Colossians with a message of encouragement. So, are you a person who has the ability to give messages of encouragement to other people? If so, you're a Tychicus or maybe an Onesimus. That's okay. We might call that the gift of encouragement. Do you have the ability to go someplace, give good news, and encourage someone? That's feeding the heart. Epaphras is a prayer warrior. So here's a little bit of cocktail party trivia for you. You can pull this out next time you're hanging out with your pagan friends. You can say, you know, it's a well-known fact that... uh... Okay, here it is. As you read through the history of the Christian church on on, on the planet, you'll see that sometimes... People gather together to to do something, to to reform, to change, to improve, to reach out, to to you know do a missionary effort, right? Some kind of reformation or spiritual renewal effort. You see those things. We've had a couple in the history of our country. Every one of those has been preceded by a small number of people praying. They don't just happen. You get a small number of Epaphras people who wrestle in prayer and beseech God earnestly to work strongly among his people to influence the world. There. Trivia for you. Archippus. We don't know anything about this guy or what his office was. I'll just say this. Those of you, those of us, including me and many of you, who have any ministry of service to this church, whatever it is, children, set up, sound, whatever, let's be like Archippus. Let's finish what we said we would do. Let's do what we said we would do. Discharge the office that we have, whatever it is, and do it. You know, let's face it. None of us here was drafted for service. Before some of you people were born, I signed up for the draft. I was never drafted, thank goodness. But I did go volunteer. We're all volunteers. So when you volunteer to serve, serve. Finally, ha, your name here. Go ahead. I double-dog dare you. Write your name in the blank. In this passage are some funny little words. In Greek, they're called participles. In English, they end in I-N-G. And they describe behavior. Here we go. Being alert. Praying. Making the most of your time. Being, uh, sorry, sorry, having salty words. Wrestling in prayer. Having been filled in all things concerning the will of God. Of God. Which of those can apply to you that you could write into that blank? Okay, I know 24 hours from now you'll forget 90% of what I said. Here's the 10% I'd like you to remember. Are you ready to write it down? A praying person is a transforming person. There are all kinds of reasons to invest time in prayer. The Bible is full of them. If you want one reason, this is it. If you're interested in being transformed to the image of Jesus Christ, develop your prayer muscles because a praying person 
is a person in process of being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Consider prayer your opportunity to talk to God and then be quiet and listen to what he says back to you. See what happens. Give it a try. Let me know how it goes. Thank you.